All right, right now, we're going to be speaking to Merle Mansfield. Um, Merle is the program director of the Zero Dropout campaign. Schools have resumed uh, Monday this week, and uh, those in the field of education are saying that school attendance is at its lowest in two decades. So reports are suggesting that fewer students return to school this year compared to last year before the pandemic and that the dropout rate has tripled. It's a very worrying um, situation for the country. And um, like I said, Merle is here to talk to us about what are some of the attributes that are are, are causing this and how can we make sure that we entice and encourage our students to come back into the classroom. Merle, good morning and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Patricia, and good morning to your listeners. Firstly, let's talk about your program, Zero Dropout Campaign, and uh, when did it start? Is it the COVID-19 pandemic that caused you to start this program, or have you always been looking at uh, the, the, you know, the rate at which uh, students are dropping out of school? So our campaign started in 2016 as a research project that was commissioned by the DG Murray Trust, and they started supporting organizations to test interventions in schools uh, that work to keep learners in school. And quickly they realized that the concern of dropout wasn't really something that was nationally in the national consciousness, and it wasn't something that we were discussing intently enough to do something about. And so in 2019, we really started taking our findings from this research and starting to create a public advocacy campaign to start really getting policy reform in place because we have about 40% of learners who drop out of school before grade 12. This is pre-pandemic and we can see how the pandemic has now exacerbated those numbers greatly. It's a, a, a very devastating state. We know that uh, the youth is uh, our future. Education is the key to a brighter future. And yet we find uh, so many students have dropped out, um, especially now with the pandemic. What are some of the contributing factors? So, so as we were doing this research, Patricia, what we realized was that dropout doesn't just happen. So it's very rare that a learner wakes up and decides, okay, I'm done with school out of nowhere. Um, usually what happens is that there's a very long period of disengagement that, 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 uh, that leads to the dropout and that that disengagement is impacted by a number of factors, either pushing or pulling learners from school. And the pullout factors often happen within the community or within the Mm, we're having issues with the line there. Um, I'm going to ask that our uh, producers just to make sure that we can get uh, Merle back on the line. We are talking about the tripled dropout rate in schools. And here we're talking primary schools and high schools. It's a sad reality that we find ourselves in. Merle will be joining us again once her line is stabilized. Please remember, you can contribute. Are you a person in the community has, who has noticed that a lot of children in your community are not attending school or perhaps you? Your own child has said, uh-uh, I've had it, I'm not going back to school. Tell us what are the reasons, what are the contributing factors, and how can we mitigate them? The number to interact with us on is 011-714-2006 or SMS 41391. WhatsApps go to 0614-104-107. Merle is back on the line. Merle, uh, we lost you there as you were um, giving us your thoughts. Yeah, I was saying that, you know, usually there is a long process before the eventual event of dropout and that this factors that impact that have to do with the experience that young people have 
trying to get to school, trying to stay in school, often because they have difficult home circumstances. They might experience events of trauma. They might um, be struggling with things like bullying within the school space or having academic difficulty with no real support to navigate that. And, and often those things pile up because many of our learners are navigating four or five of these factors at the same time without any real intervention. And eventually the disengagement within them is so high that they just you know, feel like they can't stay in school. What's happened with COVID-19 and we're seeing now with the learners returning to school is that for many of our households, the survey that we recently um, got the stats on that says dropout has tripled showed that for many of the households where they ran out of money or they were food insecure, uh, there are learners who haven't gone back to school. And so we can see that it's not around the factors of uh, fear only of contracting the virus, but there are other factors that families and children are navigating to just manage education and manage to stay in school at this time. What is the responsibility of the education department here in ensuring that uh, learners are able to be supported throughout their schooling um, careers? So definitely the education department has um, the mandate to first of all track learners so they are supposed to follow up on when learners are not coming back to school um, and also to make sure that when a learner is within the classroom to be able to provide um, the necessary support for learners. For example, to be able to manage their academics, to be able to manage um, whatever it is that they are navigating externally as well. Um, The difficulty that exists within the system currently is that many of these learners uh, fall through the cracks because of very long waiting periods, for example, when it comes to referrals for for psychosocial interventions, and also that many of the learners go, uh, you know, uncaptured, for example, because we have such big classes and we don't have intentional data tracking at a learner level. So when we're looking at learners, we're looking at uh, 60% of our kids are doing this and 40% of our kids are doing that at a very aggregated level nationally. And when we're trying to look at really tracking learners over time and seeing when I came into grade one, this is how I was doing. And somewhere along the line, you know, in grade four, I started having these issues. And in grade seven, this is what was done. There isn't this long-term tracking um, that we're looking at for each individual child. And that's going to be something that we need to start instituting at, 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 at a very at the national level for every child so that we can start predicting and preventing um, you know, symptomology of dropouts and, and other educational difficulties. Let's go to a quick break. And uh, like I said, the lines are open um, to interact with uh, Merle around uh, the tripled rate of school dropouts in South Africa. 011-714-2006 is the number to dial or send your SMS to 41391. WhatsApps are sent to 614 Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. We're in conversation with Merle Mansfield, who's program director of the Zero Dropout campaign. And we are looking at the fact that um, the number has tripled in the last uh, decade or two decades. And it's a really saddening uh, reality that more and more students are not returning into the classroom. And uh, on the line, I've got uh, Colin, who is in Cape Town, who wants to weigh in on this. Good morning, Colin. Good morning, Patricia, and good morning to your guest. <coughs> You know, we've got a problem. It's, it's trebled now. It will even get worse in years to come. The children at school must go back to the old days where we had woodwork teaching, sheet metal teaching, and things like that to 
get the youngsters into woodwork and sheet metal work. The girls used to do domestic science, baking and things like that, typing and hairdressing and all those things. Now that will help if the government brings those things back to school. At least most of those guys will go into woodwork where they find a kid, they're, they're handy in their, with their hands and sheet metal work and the girls also baking, starting their own business maybe and domestic science and things like that and hairdressing. Now, we used to have that in the old, I'm going to use the word apartheid days. And most, not most, but lots of those youngsters went into those little trades when they left school. And they went to a trade school and they continued because everybody is not university material. They are good with their hands and things like that. The government must bring back, I keep saying it, bring back the trades. Let us guys become, and girls become tradespeople, plumbers, electricians, you name it, builders. So if they don't find employment, at least they know how to do this type of work. They can start doing that type of work in the community, fixing up this, earning some money, building this, and helping there. The government must think about the basic things at school. What's going to attract a learner? It is not given the chance to uh, um, show his skills in school. Thank you very much, Colin. Thank uh, you very points much. well noted there, um, talking about how we can decrease this uh, tripling number of dropouts in schools. Hi, yes, begin to say in Marble Hall. I mine was crying today. She didn't want to go to school. She used to go going to school only three days, twice a week, and now she's crying. Say, Papa, no, I don't want to go to school. Angry, three days in life, so I had to give her two runs so that she could go to school. She was crying. Yo, Papa, you are even bribing her to go to school now. Maybe those are one of the things that we shouldn't be doing. You know, I'm a parent as well, and I know when I reminded my children that Monday you go back to school, there was the resistance. Ah, ah. And as a parent, I did not bribe. I sat down and said, this education is for your good. It is for the good of the nation. It is for your good. You want to have a good career. Don't bribe, Papa, please. The Turan, mm-mm. give the child the Turan because they are going to, you, you are spoiling them or it's part of their pocket money. Don't bribe the Turan. Liabuya uh, in KZN, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm strong. Good, good. No, man, I just wanted to add on the guy who was talking about woodwork and... Uh, uh, Colin, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colin. You know how it's important to actually uh, do those things? Because, you know, with nowadays everything is electronic and stuff, but there's still a need for schooling to talk to what people need out there, you know? And the unfortunate thing is, in South Africa, things like woodwork, we take it as a joke, or tradesmen, we take it as low, and we encourage people to go to university and graduate and come back without getting jobs. Whereas if they learn a trade, then it's something you can need. Everyone needs a wardrobe or everyone needs a kitchen cupboard, whatever the case is. Well, I agree with you there. Thank you very much, Liabuya. Uh, now I'm going to quickly go to Nkosnati in Mpumalanga. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm strong, Nkosnati. Yeah, no, no. It's good to be strong these days. Now, I, I wanted 
to raise something uh, quite different. I don't know if I'm the only one who have noticed it. In that the impact of social media, which it has to the new generation, especially the kids that are attending school. I think it, that is the most powerful source which is undermining the same system of education. And I will tell you why. There is nothing we speak about which is positive in social media. We are always, even on radio stations, everywhere, we are speaking about unemployment, we are speaking about the, the, the uh, making of a better weight, the fruitless of, 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 of education. Once you've acquired your qualification, you will still remain at home. And I think those engagements we are having, it, it has a great impact on those who are still going to school to say, but everyone is complaining about not having jobs. So when I go to school and I acquire this qualification, what am I going to do with it? And they are losing hope. And, and, and I think this source of media that we are using, they are also contributing in this negative impact or in this negative mentality. Of, to, 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 to students of not having any ambition to go to school. And I think this is what is also contributing. That's number one. But number two, I, I, I also think that I, I know from, from myself, when you were in school holidays and the school's about to open, you were not so keen in going back. This closing of schools and, and, and these gaps, having kids staying at home, I think it also contributes in them not being keen in going back to school. They are used to staying home. They are used to do whatever. They are watching movies at night and, 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 and TV till, till late. Now they are no longer keen in going to school. They enjoyed this life of staying at home than going back to school. I think that was my view. Thank you very much, Nkosnati, for weighing in there. Uh, Merle, I'm going to ask you to please stay with us. We're going to go to the news uh, headlines with Nomsam Tluli, but after that, we're going to weigh in on uh, some of the, uh, the, the the issues that our callers have raised around why there's such a high rate of dropout and how we can mitigate it. It's half past 11 right now. Let's go to Nomsam Tluli. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Well, looking at what's going to be happening at Update at Noon with Sakina Kamwendo, she's going to be talking about the Mangawung Metro Municipality workers who are on a go slow after not being paid their salaries, while some have allegedly only received half of it. Another burning issue is that of street trade um, that should not be regulated. This is according to Free Market Foundation in their submission to the city of Johannesburg on its latest draft informal trade policy. Two very critical issues that are going to be discussed. Make sure that you are tuned in to Sakina Kamwendo at Update at Noon. Right now, it's uh, 31 minutes after 11, and we continue here on Talking Point with uh, Merle Mansfield, who's Program Director of the Zero Dropout Campaign. Uh, The dropout issue is quite uh, a big one here in South Africa and we are all concerned. Sean Nero in Cape Town says, Good morning, Patricia, and your guest. If we don't have a dedicated multidisciplinary team to work on school dropouts, then this will just be another conversation. We hope it's not going to be just another conversation, and that's why we have uh, Merle here. Um, Another one says... I think the shortfalls are also exasperated by the government's lack of interest when the children start school. The system only recognizes education in grade 10 upwards. That's the main problem. Let me come to you now, uh, Merle. Um, 
how can we overcome these challenges? What is it that you are doing as a zero dropout campaign to ensure that community teachers, uh, parents, and the education department work together to make sure that students are enticed to go back to school? Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. All right, Mel, please do respond. Mm, having troubles with Merle's line there. Merle, are you there? Okay, it seems that Merle's line is uh, having a bit of uh, gremlins, but we'll sort that out. Let me go to Brian in Nelspreit. Good morning, Brian. Brian in Nelspreit, is he there? Yes, uh, can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you loud and clearly, Brian. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for a great show. Um, look, the, I, I agree with that gentleman that called before that talked about technical training in schools. Um, I think there's a whole push towards this um, fourth industrial generation and all that stuff. Um, you know, all these soft skills, um, people in, in call centers and stuff like that. But you have to realize, and like you said very correctly, Technical work will always be required. People will always need to use, um, people will always need houses, people will need their cars to be fixed, and things like that. And these um, youngsters that do not have the um, ability or, you know, who do not have the academic ability to go to varsity and so on, can actually or should actually have exit points. You know, if you, whether it's in grade nine or whatever it is, there should be exit points where then people can go into some sort of training, which they'd have picked up a few of these subjects, metalworking, woodworking, whatever it is from school. And then an exit point, whether it's at grade 10 or whatever it is, where they can then go into a um, technical training. And these, this is now ripe ground for small SMMEs and so on and so forth. Because these people are skilled. They can start their own um, um, businesses. A lot of, uh, um, um, and, I, and I, you know, Maybe it might not sound right, but a lot of the white um, small businesses that are, are, are run are micro businesses where people have gained skills and experience over years. And this was because of the previous training that they had and the previous exposure. So for young, um, for the young and upcoming generation now, we can do the same, skill them up, and then they'll be able to start their own small businesses. Swangman can start his own electrical company. This lady can start her own, um, you know, plumbing company, and that will give them, um, it will create more employment, and it allows the, uh, the, the economy to grow as well. Thank you for that, uh, Brian. I'm moving on to Mervyn in Durban. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for the show. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I agree with the last caller, uh, definitely, and the, and the gentleman that called, uh, I think, just before the news about the training. I'm a product of that. I can tell you that... Uh, I was, uh, you know, at a trade school. I, I did a trade at school. I was exposed to the, those types of uh, that environment at school, and it, and um, I you know I qualified as a mechanic, and now I do training as a mechanic. And I and and I just want to ask: um, Is there any, is there any platform currently? Is there any way that somebody like me can offer training or uh, uh, you know to, to to those dropouts where I can where I can. Is, is there any uh, 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 initiative from government currently where they will support somebody that wants to do that for the dropout specifically? Like for myself, if I, in terms of motor mechanics, if I want to uh, uh, take a, uh, or attract these people to come and, and I can give them basic skills so that they are employable, 
How, do, how does somebody do that? How do you find out about that? All right. I think uh, go to the CETA that is um, related to what you are looking for, but I'm sure Merle will be able to respond as well. Uh, Merle, you're back on the line. Yes, I am. Thanks, Patricia. We lost you there, but I'm glad you're back. So um, Mervyn was asking, how can he support uh, dropouts in terms of giving them skills? Are there any, um, you know, ways or channels that he can follow? So I, I definitely think that um, your suggestion around connecting to the CETA that's responsible for uh, the modern mechanics training that uh, Mervyn is skilled in would be useful. Um, there's also organizations that work with um, post-school qualifications, particularly with skills development. Um, one of them that I'm thinking about is Harambe, and they, they're quite large in South Africa, and that's one of the organizations that Mervyn could potentially get in, in touch with, and they assist young people with connecting them to skills. Excellent. I'm going to Daniel in Limpopo. Daniel, good morning. Morning, how are you? Strong, thank you. Fine, thanks. Yeah, I'm here what you're talking about, about school dropout. I think the most important thing that can help these young people is to empower them, you know, to put them on the different skills where they can train and require some skills where they can, you know, go out and do something for themselves. Specifically, I'm talking about doing something with their hands not this discard working in the office. You know, I, 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 I think something. We have got, uh, I don't know if my steps will be correct. We have got more than 300,000 uh, Somalian and Ethiopians here in South Africa. But if you can check, all of them are employed. You cannot find someone, you know, lingering on the street or the homeless, you know, looking for a job. Why? It's because many of them, they focus so much in small businesses. So if the government can empower these young people, you know, with different skills, you know, to go out and start small businesses, I believe we can eradicate this poverty that we're talking about, most especially from the young people. Thank you very much, uh, Daniel, on that. You know, um, Merle, there's more messages and we're going to go to them. I just wanted to ask you, in terms of what you are doing as Zero uh, Dropout Campaign, um, are, are there any programs that we can join in on to support um, this campaign and make sure that students go back to school? Absolutely. I think one of the things we're definitely wanting to do is to start encouraging people to get their kids back to school. So wherever we are in our spaces, you know, creating space to have that conversation. I know that there are other issues that and crises that we are all navigating at the moment because of the pandemic, but really to create space to have that conversation with our children. And also for schools to start using community networks and community structures to find kids who haven't come back, especially when we can't contact them on the phone, for example. So churches, community leaders, uh, mosques, you know, traditional leaders, that we're all having the same message that kids need to get back. I do, Patricia, very quickly want to address, though, the issue around the skills training. And I think that everybody, a few of the callers that have called have said, you know, um, you know, we should can, be doing skills training and streaming children. Merle, can we take that uh, straight after this break so that you can have enough time to elaborate on it? Great. Excellent. Stay on top of all meaningful, top-trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Talking about the dropout rate with Merle Mansfield, um, she was um, just taking us through the, the need for skills training based on what a lot of our callers were saying. Merle, please do go ahead. So, so one of the things that is on the national agenda for, for government is to have a general education certificate which allows learners to leave, well not to leave school, but to be able to stream into either vocational training or occupational training with a certificate 
um, and into a, a different mode of education. The difficulty at the moment, and I think this is the thing that we underestimate, is what the resources are that we require to do that, first of all. At the moment already, you're allowed to exit school at grade nine if you're 16. You're not required by government to continue you know, in schooling, but there aren't viable pathways for learners after, after that. There aren't enough TVET colleges or skills training institutions to be able to absorb the number of learners um, in, in specific areas but as well. So they, they are very far and few between and scarce, particularly in under-resourced areas and rural spaces. And there's a cost involved that many of our learners can't cover. And so schooling offers learners an opportunity you know, to access free education, for example, especially in our Quantile 1 to 3 schools where many of our most marginalized children are, and actually 80% of our public school children are serviced by that cohort. And so I think there are real technical things that we need to think through in order to make that a reality. I think that it would be really uh, useful for us to be able to give young people decent pathways into post-school opportunities that didn't come just from a metric certificate. At the moment, that is all we have. And having the general education certificate shouldn't be a plaster to say that now we've given kids a general education certificate, they have some vocational training or they're able to go into some vocational training, so they're not really dropouts. We can't say that if we don't have the mechanisms and resources in place to actually make that a reality. Let me quickly go to the line uh, with uh, John. John, good morning. Please keep your comment uh, short and sweet. Good morning. Uh, I was a high school dropout, and to keep a long story short, as you say, uh, sometime later I managed to uh, train myself like an apprenticeship, uh, un- uh, informally apprenticeship, and I learned to do welding and exhaust and stuff like that. Then slowly I managed to open my small little uh, operation, and uh, I carried on for a, uh, for a while. I managed to uh, buy some of the machines, but the problem is, uh, to actually expand, you need a considerable amount of money that I'm unable to generate. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a business that's got a lot of potential and potential to employ people. So when you go to the banks, the banks are tight-fisted. And, uh, you know, the system of how they give um, uh, people loans and all is very, very tight. Mm. So you no, we hear expand. you, John, and uh, well you done for overcoming the challenges. You cannot do a small expansion and sort of employ people. And I've got some, you know. Vusumzi is on the line now. Good uh, morning, Vusumzi. Yes, morning, my sister. Yeah, thank you very much for, for the time. Uh, in fact, I just want to contribute something, two points. The first point is that uh, the population of our country is not uh, balancing with the, what you call the economy of our country. As a church, I think we can play a very big, big role. In our church, our, our small ministry, we do have a time, we call it a business time, where we preach, we teach, and we try to, to train young people to do something for themselves because the government cannot cope with this population. You see, the population of South Africa is growing very, very, very fast. So we need to contribute something as churches, as organization, as foundation, and so on to just take few people and train them. Because Absolutely. Thank you, Vusumzi. Great initiative there. And Thank you very much. Um, Merle, as we close off, um, maybe you can weigh in on what Vusumzi and uh, John have uh, said in terms of you know overcoming and what we can all do. 
absolutely. I think that, um, you know, Vusumsi raised a, a very important point that all of us in our communities can do something. And we see that in our work as well, where, where children have a supportive adult, where children have a supportive base, they do a lot better. Many of our children don't have that, though. And so it's important for you and your community to find organizations that have already started or if you're able to do something to work with schools and reach out to them and see how you can crowd in support for whatever it is that learners need. There are also great resources on our website that parents or adults or communities could access if they're wanting to assist children at home, particularly um, on keeping them connected to school and also about accessing other support that they might need or require on how to facilitate that entry into TVET or doing matric for a second time, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, we, we welcome people to engage with our website and download the resources um, to be able to access that, as well as support for learners to read at home. We see that in our country, one of the key issues is reading for meaning, particularly at foundation phase. So 80% of our kids that are 10 and younger are unable to read for meaning. And we've created a lovely program that parents can do with kids at home to help them to engage on their reading skills, uh, particularly while they're not able to get to school at the moment. Thank you so very much for joining us, Mel. How do we get in touch with you? You can get us on our website, which is www.zerodropout.co.za. We're on Facebook at Zero Dropout and also on Twitter at Zero X Dropout. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mel. Thank you.